and I don't want my students to feel just as another number. I want them to know that I care enough. Ladies and gentlemen. Hi, everybody. Good evening. Are you ready? Keep this frequency clear. I know you're going to dig this. I am. Okay, here we go. Check, check it out. You're listening to the Martial Arts Media Podcast, where you, the martial arts school owner, gets insider tips and secrets from leading experts to help you build a more profitable martial arts business. Now, here's your host, the founder of martialartsmedia.com. Y'all know the name. George Faree. Hi, this is George Free for martialartsmedia.com and welcome to the Martial Arts Media Business Podcast episode number 23. Today I have a repeat guest, Master Fari Salievsky, and this is an episode you want to listen to. And it might hit home for you, it might not, it might ruffle a bit of feathers, it might make you feel a bit uncomfortable if you're in that boat, but I can tell you what, if you, if there's some complications in your business and there's some things that you're struggling with, this episode could be a great breakthrough for you. And especially also on paying attention to numbers, statistics, a lot of things that a lot of martial arts business owners are not paying attention to. So this is going to be a great episode for you. So for me, back in the swing of things after a short little getaway, a nice little vacation break, if you listened to or watched episode number 22, go and check it out on the website at martialartsmedia.com. Uh, we stayed at this nice little remote spot which was very relaxing, nice beach views, few storms, which was okay, but good time to relax, which is a good thing because the new year has kicked off on a very high note for us. A lot of martial arts school owners coming on board and we're really looking forward to helping a lot of school owners with their lead generation and creating a few success success stories, which is, is really exciting. So go and check that out. And I guess on that note, I want to bring attention to something that we've just completed for today's guest, Master Fari Salievsky. If you go to his website, martialartsforlife.com.au, go and check it out and let us know what you think. We spent a lot of time on on revising the message that he was trying to get across, pretty much trying to compact all that experience, 34 years of experience into his website to deliver that message as the front of the KMA Champion Martial Arts brand. And look, a website's got a few core functions. It needs to differentiate yourself from the pack. Obviously, it's there to generate leads, to collect phone numbers and phone calls and online inquiries. It's about you getting your message across to your students and to your prospects. I'm sure the reason why you ventured on your own and didn't stay with your martial arts school and decided to do things your way was because you wanted to get a certain message across and you wanted to do certain things your way and I guess represent your values of how you want to dedicate yourself to your martial arts journey and, and passing that on to other people. And that's an important key of a professional website. And look, it's not the tech stuff. And this is where I think people get a bit confused about professional websites is, look, yes, one kid can do it for 500 bucks and somebody's going to charge 5,000 bucks or more. Um, and what is the big differentiating factor? Because the tech is all the same. Well, the differentiating factor is, does a $500 website get your message across to your target audience? Does it sell them on the benefits and the reasons of why they should take the step and join your program and start training with you? And that is where the big art comes through with professional websites. 
But just to give you a tip, if there's one thing that you want to change in your marketing, go and look at your website because at the end of the day, your website is where people land up. Yes, people talk about using fancy tools for landing pages and so forth, but if your landing page is not converting on the first interaction with your brand, then what are the people going to do next? If you made an impression, they might log back on to go look you up. And what are they going to do? They're going to go to Google. They're going to type in your martial arts school name and where they're going to end up on your website. So yes, it's good to have landing pages and all these flashy things to that you can use within your, your different ad campaigns. But at the end of the day, your website needs to represent your brand, be professional and be able to convert, be able to take orders and well, take orders, take phone calls and take online inquiries with ease, especially on a mobile device. So yes, go have a look. We pretty much just polishing up the final touches on Fari's website, but martialartsforlife.com.au and have a look and see what tips you can get from that, especially with the wording and the, and the copy. And look, this is not something you can really duplicate because Fari's message will be different to your message. So if there's one thing where, where we spend a lot of time on is getting that type of message across to people is, is, is really, ex, I guess, extracting the message of the martial arts school owner and putting that onto paper that it can be communicated 24-7 to your prospects. And I'm going to leave that there. I want to get into this episode with Master Fari Salievsky. This is an excellent episode. It's going to challenge maybe a lot of your belief systems. And look, if you do the same thing that you've always done, you're going to get the same results. So you've got to make a few adjustments and changes. So if something makes you feel uncomfortable, that's what you've got to be paying attention to. There's a reason it's making you feel uncomfortable. And look, that's where growth comes is experience a bit of discomfort but hey as i said i'm gonna leave it there so welcome once again to the show master fari salievsky good day everyone today i have with me for round two fari salievsky how are you doing today fari uh always good every day above ground is a good day so <laughs> good to be here awesome so we're gonna we're gonna i guess dig a bit deeper into a few things that we maybe sort of touched on last episode we touched on uh, different things about recurring billing and ownership owning your school versus renting your school and a bunch of other topics so this episode we're going to dig more into numbers absolutely all right so and i guess just to start it off you know a big thing that we look at when when we do when we set up websites and we look at the online marketing stuff we we always want to determine what is the lifetime value of a customer? So in, in the yep. martial arts school's case would be the actual student. Um, how long are they going to be a student for, which kind of determines what the value, financial value is of them. And then yep. we can sort of determine, okay, if that's the value that the, that the student brings in, monetary value, then this is sort of a percentage that we can use for marketing cost. Exactly. And look, bottom line is that it's all part of keeping stats and, uh, you know, being aware of your numbers. And today's talk is going to be uh, really, you know, how far are you taking those stats and is there the most important statistic of all? Uh, are you uh, avoiding that? 
Okay, cool. So, so I guess there's a lot of numbers to, to pay attention to in your business. Where, where do you really start? Uh, look, uh, for me, the main number really is number of active students, number one. Uh, how many students did I get, new students this week? How many did I lose this week? Uh, I do that weekly, and then that gives me, you know, my overall numbers at the end of the month. Uh, during that week also, uh, I have a look at, you know, what I'm spending. You know, I want to know not only those numbers that I just mentioned, but also, um, you know, what am I spending? What am I left with each day? And, you know, I, I want to have uh, every two weeks, I want to know what I've spent, how I've spent, and how much profit is left at the end of the day. Okay, so digging deep into active students and losing students, what's do you? What sort of actions do you take? I mean, do you you assess it, and then what do you do from that point? Well, the reason you want to know that is because you know uh, I, I like to have a weekly goal, right? You know, people might have a yearly goal, but I like to have a weekly goal. You know, I don't mind even if I'm stagnant right now. That's the honest truth. But what I don't want to do is go backwards, right? So, you know, I need to be aware of, of the numbers and, uh, you know, what I'm spending, what it's costing. And so they're my essentials. But today I really want to go into the most essential statistic that I pretty much guarantee no one ever keeps. And, and I guarantee there are people out there that are spending, you know, thousands, if not tens of thousands, on, on a particular result um, and they're looking at it as an expense of business but they're not monitoring the, the performance of that money that they're spending, which I find crazy. All right, so let's open the can of worms here <laughs> and, and let's dig deep into that. All right, well, let me give you the example, right? Uh, one of my clients, this was uh, not that long ago, and we'll just round off the figures for argument's sake. It was a little bit more, but I'll keep it simple. He's spending $6,000 based on the percentage of, you know, the, the billing amount, okay? And $6,000 he's paying for the service, which is great, right? You, you're happy to pay for a service. And my answer was, my question was to him was, why are you paying that amount of money for that service? And the thing was, well, the number one reason is, really the main reason is that if people don't pay, I want somebody else to chase it up. And I said, beautiful, good. And I said, okay, let's use last month as an example, how many people did not pay? So you actually have to look that up and that particular month, there was four people where their payment kicked out, which is pretty good, four people. So in effect, to have those four people chased up, and he said, you know, it's done by the phone, awesome. And I said, okay, so that's $1,500 a phone call. Nice. I mean, I'll do that phone call for you for uh, half the cost if you want me to. But, um, you know, we're, we're paying $1,500 a call. But wait, 
My next question was, because I don't really mind spending money, right? It's about, you know, maximizing, you know, um, the use of that money. So my next question was, okay, you spent $1,500 a call for four calls. Out of those four calls, how many of them succeeded in fixing the problem? In other words, that person might have closed their account, they might have moved on, they might have had you know, financial difficulty that month, it happens. But how, how many of those four were actually solved? Because you know, I mean, you're paying $1,500 a call for that purpose, you agree? Yeah. Well, you know, the, the client that I mentor had no idea of one, what it was costing per call, number two, of how many you know, clients were being chased up. But the, the craziest thing was no one ever monitored the success rate of that call, which is to me is crazy. I mean, if you had a staff member that you were paying, you know, $1,500 a week, because um, for argument's sake, if you're being billed monthly, this was actually, you know, uh, $6,000 bi-weekly. In other words, you're paying a staff member $3,000. For that 3000 would you monitor that performance? Would you have some checks and balances? And the answer would be yes. But these people are employing someone else outside of their business to do a straightforward task, but there's no monitoring. So what? Or, or, or if there was, he wasn't monitoring. He wasn't keeping a track of it. He just let that as be as part of the cost of business. So what's the alternative? I mean, how do you how do you go about fixing that? I mean, obviously, well, look, I mean, ridiculous amount of you know for for the, the the short answer is you know you can employ someone to do all that following up for you, but I mean, how do you eliminate that that cost? Well, number one is look, it's it's not necessarily an eliminating. It's a matter of maximizing you know uh, the benefit of that money. So for me. Look, if I'm spending, and if, if it averages out, look, in this case, it averaged out at $3,000 a week. For $3,000 a week, if that was me as getting $3,000 expense a week, I would be paying that person for eight hours a day, for argument's sake, five days a week to do not only that phone call, but to do a whole lot of other stuff. And for three thousand dollars, I could buy myself a lot of marketing. I can buy myself a lot of student service. I can buy myself a whole lot of things, you know, that will actually help the business. Okay, so so what's the where's the real root of this problem? Is this a form of is this a billing a way of billing? Is this a way money is coming through the business? Yeah, uh, look, really, it's ultimately it's it's a it's it's a billing issue. How are you doing your billing? Um, so if you're paying a, a percentage, right, of, you know, of the collection and, and the people that, you know, pay, you know, that percentage, which is generally, a, you know, a, a much higher amount because it's a percentage of your, of your gross. If you're paying that sort of percentage, you generally, the reason they're doing that is because they believe there's a hell of a lot more service. And, and I'm not questioning that service. I am simply advising are you keeping stats on the cost of that service? Do you have checks and balances uh, to make sure, you know, in this case, 
spore calls. I want to know how successful those spore calls were. Uh, and I want to actually physically, I mean, they look, they may get reports, they may get feedback or whatever, but the fact is it's not something that people uh, are very diligent with and keep, you know, keep, keep abreast of. And I don't care if you're doing, you know, uh, $100,000 every two weeks or if you're doing $1,000 every two weeks. Uh, it's irrelevant. It's I'm paying this amount of money. What am I, you know, am I maximizing uh, the benefits of that cost? And what is the real cost? You understand my point or? Yes, yes, for sure. So is is there any more on, on that side of, of numbers that, that we can elaborate on or are there any other numbers that, that you also pay attention to? Uh, look, that that's the biggest number because if if you're whatever you're paying and it averages out weekly, right? You know the fact is that I can have a staff member look at a whole lot of numbers for me. And that can be their job, you know, to simply look at the numbers, uh, ensure a high level of student service, and you know, I mean, really, if I'm paying that amount of money, I would rather pay someone in a full time job to do that and and then some which will make my life a hell of a lot easier. Well, sure. So, so how do you have that set up to avoid that? Well, I don't expect, look, for me, look, it's, I, I have a very simple solution, whether it be one person or whether it be, you know, four people in a month, whether it be 10, you know, bottom line is I'm in the relationship business. For me, I don't expect anyone else to do that. If somebody has an issue, they might have financial difficulties. I care about my students. I want to help them over that little financial hurdle, whatever it may be. If I cannot fix it, no one can. That's the bottom line. And I don't want my students to feel just as another number. I want them to know that I care enough that I want to fix this issue here and now. Let's, let's fix it. It could be an oversight. It could be just a bit of cash flow issue. Uh, it could be much more. But it also could be that the student just wants to quit. I have, you know, I've invested in my case, you know, 34 years of my life in, in what I do. I don't think it's too hard for me to ensure good relationships and ensure that I'm on top of it. And I don't think it's too hard for me to, you know, make four calls every two weeks or five calls a month, whatever. I don't think it's, um, you know, I don't think it's beyond my, list of duties that you know I should not do as the owner if anything I think as the owner that's what you should do because again you're the one with the relationship I'm the master instructor I believe I believe that I'm in the best position to fix it then and there let's not get let's not let things get out of hand and you know sometimes people leave just because of a misunderstanding and um and they're embarrassed about money or they just don't want to pay you for whatever reason. It could be very simple. But, you know, as the owner, I'm going to know here and now. And you cannot beat the value of a good relationship. I care about my students. I want my students to know that I care. Excellent. Yes, I know we're talking a lot about numbers and I guess it's good to just mention the point, you know, something that you that you mentioned in the first episode we did and today it is still a relationship business. You know, it's martial arts first and absolutely, and it's a relationship business. And I, I was speaking to Kevin uh, 
Kevin Blundell yesterday, and a thing that he mentioned was, you know, when you, if you're earning a dollar, then you are in business. And, you know, there's no way around that. If, it, if there's money coming in, you're still running a business at the end of the oh, day. Oh, 100%. You know, I get people that have, you know, 10 students that say, oh, I don't care about money. Um, what do you charge them? I, I just charge $3 a class. All right. Well, if you don't care about the money, don't charge them for the $3 a class. Oh, but I've got to pay for the hall hire. Okay. Well, it's a business then. Whether you're charging a dollar, whether you're charging a hundred dollars, whatever it is, right? The moment you charge, it's, it's a business. It's not a charity. And the moment someone pays me anything, I have an obligation to look after that person. You can't do much for three dollars a class though. Uh, look, there are people out there. The fact is that they justify their, you know, if you wish, their, their little philosophy of it's not about money for me by charging some small amounts. But it's not demeaning their level of service. It's not demeaning their level of martial arts. They could be amazing martial artists. But for me, you know, you need to be paying for your premises. Um, and in my case, you know, I wanted to one day own my premises, so which I managed. I mean, there's people out there that are paying, you know, you know, upwards of, you know, seventy, eighty thousand dollars, hundred thousand dollars a year in in premises in rent. Where does that come from? I mean, that's one part of it. But also, too, you think about it. In, in the time when most people are having dinner with their families and their children, people are teaching martial arts. Now, if you've got a wife and children, you know, you've got to ask yourself, is it fair that you're sacrificing the time away from your children, away from your family, at dinner time, for example, and you're teaching people that really, they're strangers, you don't really, you know, absolutely know them, you're sacrificing that time, you know, is it worth sacrificing that time for, for a dollar, for two dollars? I don't think that's right, you know. If you're going to sacrifice that time, you'd like to say, look, it's because I'm, you know, providing for my family, it's because I want to provide a, a better, a higher level of service, a better level of service uh, through facilities and whatever, resources, you know, mats cost money, things cost money, air conditioning costs money, but, you know, also to put a value on your time, you know. It's not just your time, it's, it's your family's time. If you're not there, that's your family's time. What's that worth? I don't believe it's worth $2. But I, I just think there are people in, in the industry, the fact is that they'll simply say, you know, oh, I'm not about money, but I can tell you, if they could make $100,000 in the month, they would do it tomorrow. Um, I just think they don't have the know-how or the ability. That's the fact. And sometimes people just make, uh, you know, uh, a simple excuse to justify it. But, you know, I, I would question that. Do you, do you think that's, that's almost ironic? And I, I say that because, you know, martial arts takes dedication. It, it's, not a, it's not something that just gets given to you, you know, to earn your way to the top, to whether that's black belt or, or whatever that is in yep. whatever style you do. It, it takes a lot of persistence and determination to get to that point. Is it, do, you, do you see it as almost ironic that a lot of martial arts business owners don't apply that same philosophy to business? Oh, 100%. 100%. But again, you know, you only do what you don't know <laughs> and you only do what you know. I mean, both things. But unfortunately, what you don't know probably hurts you the most. Unfortunately, your your circle of friends will influence you. It's just like, you know, the, the, the bi-weekly, you know, the, the fortnightly uh, billing system. You know, once upon a time, you know, we were like, 
in America where everyone charged monthly. You know, why did they do that? Because that's what everyone else did. And, that, you know, that's the standard. Well, okay, it's a standard, but who said that you got to do it that way? So the people that are charging the $2 and that's all they know, you know, that, that's their circle of influence. That's a circle of friends that they have and, and that's all they know. But I, I cannot tell you how many people that I've met that I've changed from that to, you know, going from your, you know, your, your little scout hall to, you know, to full-time premises to even own, owning their own buildings. And, and if people think that cannot be done, you know, I've, I've helped someone in their 60s that actually retired that went from a little community hall to a full-time school to actually own in his premises in his 60s. And he's a very happily retired man, you know, teaching, enjoying life and, and being a property owner. So go figure. Awesome. So just a few more things just on figures. What Do you do you pay attention to different statistics like uh, conversion rates? Let's say, you know, how many students come through the door, how many people actually join? Uh, look, look, of course, and you need to be aware of them, you know. Um, you know, as part of new students, if I break that up to the next stage, is those new students, if I, if I take one step back, is, you know, how many people actually... Uh, have tried a class. If I go back further, is how many people called, whether it be called by a phone or email. So in, in those stats, the reason I need to keep them is because, one, I want to make sure that people are contacting us. So if I'm not getting any phone calls, if I'm not getting any, you know, emails for membership inquiries, well, then, you know, my, my business is going to die. So I need to have that sort of activity. So I need to keep those stats out of, you know, for argument's sake, if 10 people contacted me, be it by phone or email, out of those 10, how many people actually turned up to a trial lesson or intro class, whatever you want to call it, I don't mind, but how many of them turned up, and from there, how many of them joined. Um, so I need to be aware of that because number one is if I'm not getting contacted, well, then you've got an issue right there. My next point is that from that point, once they go into the trial class, if they're not turning up, well, okay, well, you're obviously not handling that uh, email or, or phone call very well. And then when it comes to their intro or trial class, if, they, if they're not joining up as members, well, then you want to find out, are you doing the right thing? Uh, but even with that, you know, I, I just find it uh, amazing that people want to do three trial lessons, you know, and sometimes people say, you know, I'll give you two weeks, absolutely. Just, you know, I know if I want to, if I want to join something, if I like something, I want to know here and now. So I just believe there's better ways of doing things. It's not a hard sell. But again, people are doing things because somebody else has done something or somebody's told them. But, you know, is it the absolute best way? And the only way to find out is to keep those stats. Even on, the, on, the, on people quitting, you know, yeah, people are going to move on. People are going to move to different areas. It happens. But at what belt level? Did they quit, for example? You might go, why is that important? You know, there could be a, a belt level that you've made way too difficult or you're putting to too much pressure on them for whatever reason. Or, you know, um, you might have the instructor that's teaching the, you know, yellow belt, for example, um, is just not on the ball. And you're not going to know if you don't look at it because all of a sudden all your yellow belts are leaving. And, um, and all that instructor needed was just some underarm deodorant and a little bit of discipline. As an example, <laughs> <laughs> the underarm deodorant. <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> but you know, the the point is that I need to be aware of it, and they're the basic stats. They're the essential stats. So, but you know, but again, you know, you know, I I see so many people in the industry that you know become obsessed with stats, but they I think overly sometimes. But you know, keep the essentials, keep it simple, because somebody's got to enter these stats. But more importantly, somebody needs to digest them and see where it's at. And for me, you know, I'm the guy with the numbers. I'm the guy that looks at it. Why? Because again, you know, this is this is my business. You know, I I want longevity in this business, and it's not being money hungry or anything like that. It's just to be on top of it. And there are some things that are way more important to me than a staff member. I take, for example, in at KMA, you ring, you ring at any time of day, evening. Guess what? Guess who gets the call? Even if I'm not there, guess who gets the call? You do. Me, me. All calls will be diverted to me. And people say, oh, you should have people for that. Uh, are you too poor to pay anyone? I, I just find that extremely offensive. I love what I do. No one knows my business better than me. In one minute of talking to you, I will know exactly what you want and I'll, and I'll be able to tell you exactly what you need. You know, if you come into the school and I chat with you, you know, the fact is that I have people that want them to try three classes, like three classes. You know, I can spend three minutes with you and show you why you need this, why your child needs this. Three minutes. And, you know, I call that the perfect intro. And if you don't have the perfect intro, what is that one technique, for example, that really demonstrates the beauty of your art? Whether it be Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, whether it be, you know, Taekwondo and your kicking or kickboxing. You know, what makes me see in a very short time that I need this and why this is so great? And also, too, why is it so great, uh, much greater than the next school? Because, you know, there's a lot of karate schools. There's a lot of Taekwondo schools. There's a lot of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu schools. Why should I join yours? What's that unique selling proposition? Well, yeah, your USP. But, you know, that USP needs to come out in your perfect intro. And the perfect intro is not just talking yourself stupid, you know, till the sun goes down. But, you know, for me, it's about getting as many senses involved, for example, you know. You know, they need to feel it. They need to see it, not just hear it. Too many people talk. You know, we're, we're really, we're in the hands-on business. People want to, you know, experience it. You know, when, when you go and buy a car, you know, the guy just doesn't talk to you all day. He gets you in the car. <laughs> you know, he gets you behind the steering wheel. And you know what? People buy a Mercedes. What do they buy a Mercedes for? For the experience. For sure. And if this helps the scenario, because one thing that I've really picked up in this conversation is, because there's, and, and I speak to a lot of business owners, and there's, there's so many approaches. And I guess at the end of the day, for you, the biggest lesson is to really track what's working for you. And because, because, because where your strength lies, you have that strength and that experience and somebody else might not have that. So it's, it's, I guess it comes to a point of managing your strengths and really testing what works. You know, we, we have a simple rule that, that we try and do with websites. We try and get a hundred people to a website and then we see what people did and then we take the same traffic source and we send a hundred people to a different version. And then we, we, we weigh the two up. It's, it's kind of a, it's in, in, in Google AdWords, it's called beta control. You, you're trying to yep. 
beat the next, you're trying to put two things next to each other and see what works best. And then you're trying to beat the next better version. So it's always your, your, your strategy is always to improve upon your previous result, basically. 100%. And the best person to do that is the owner. So my pet hate is I see, you know, and I hear the line. It sounds really good, you know. You should work more on the business than in the business. And it sounds like a really good line. It's like you can disappear forever. And you should be able to disappear and have holidays and so forth. But don't make yourself dispensable because you cannot teach. I cannot teach anyone my 34 years of experience. I can get them to you know, a good comfortable level where I can take some time off. But, but at the end of the day, I'm the best man for a whole lot of jobs. And to work on the business, I need to be aware of those stats and I need to you know, make the most of those stats and make the most of the money I spend and ensure that I'm getting value for the money I'm spending at the end of the line. Awesome. Fari, great chatting to you again. I guess just to, to wrap it up, the big thing here is just really pay attention, pay attention to where your money's going and and really maximize on your strengths, as we just discussed. Absolutely. Test, but really have your, I guess don't give up the checkbook is, is a big thing, you know, a lot of business owners also say, just be in control of the, of the money, the finances, track the stats, see where things are going, and then see what can be improved upon. Does that kind of sum it up? Or Look, um, yeah, well and truly, and I can tell you, right, a, a, a very big school owner, friend of mine, one of my best friends, and the fact is very successful school, and he was not aware in his very own business of what he was actually spending. Um, and also, too, he was not aware of what was left at the end of each day. In other words, you know, as a business, we need to turn a profit. Don't be scared of the word profit. You need to turn a profit because with that profit, you might have to buy new mats down the track. You know, you might have to replace things, do things, improve facilities, whatever. You need money left over as a business. A business is not designed to just simply survive. It is to help you grow. And to do that, you need to produce a profit. If you're not producing a profit, you know, you're in trouble. And the fact is that, you know, since uh, I was consulting a very, like I said, he was very successful, having a good life, but was not simply aware. He now, he now nets $50,000 a month. And I cannot be more proud uh, of netting $50,000 a month. And that was from a, you know, from a person that had no idea of really, yes, they were doing okay, they were doing good, but, you know, he had no idea what the profit margins were and it shocked him when he found out that as successful as he appeared with the numbers and the school and the lifestyle, everything, at the end of the day, he was in shock at the amount or the very little profit that it was producing. So just by twigging a few things, making a few little profit centers within the school and making people aware and uh, guess what? $50,000 a month. And, and that school's not in Sydney, by the way, just in case um, everyone always seems to um, to be talking about one particular instructor who's amazingly successful. This is um, outside of Sydney and um, $50,000 a month. Um, does he deserve it? Absolutely. 
Does he do wonderful things with it? Absolutely. His students are amazing, talented. They look great, perform great, and um, and producing a profit. And you know what? If he needs to do something, buy the building next door, buy the building of your opposition, <laughs> he'll have the money to do it, well and truly. Excellent. Laurie, great chatting to you. And if people want to reach out to you, uh, once again, where can they do that? Ah, look, you can inbox me on my Facebook. You can uh, call me via my Facebook. All my numbers and emails are there. But, uh, you know, ultimately, uh, martial arts uh, professionals, um, you mentioned um, a very good friend of mine earlier in the, in the conversation. You know, he's an active member. The fact is that the, the biggest schools in the country are all active members, and it's, it's not just coincidence or, or luck. You know, they are the biggest for a reason, and um, this is why we're all together. Excellent. Thanks again. Have a good day, and I'll chat to you soon, Fari. Have a great day. Cheers. Bye. And there you have it. Thank you, Master Fari Salievsky. And what did you think of the episode? What resonated with you? What didn't resonate with you? As I mentioned just before we got into this, sometimes those things that don't sit right with you, there's a reason for that because it's challenging a way of your belief system. And that could be good or bad. Uh, it, it doesn't mean that it's right, but if something makes me feel uncomfortable, I want to pay attention to that and, and, and ask why. Is there a reason that I'm thinking in a certain way and could I make a few adjustments that's going to improve my business and improve me as a person at the end of the day? So thanks again for listening. Uh, transcripts are available on martialartsmedia.com forward slash 23. And if you want to have a bit of a debate on any of these topics, you write below the episode. There's a place where you can leave a comment, ask a question, um, have your say, whether that's on par with what we discussed or not. Um, hey, a bit of controversy is always good. So I'd love to hear your feedback. And if you're getting good value from the show, please head over to martialartsmedia.com forward slash iTunes. Open up the iTunes application and leave us a review. We'd much appreciate that. A five-star review will help us boost the rankings, but an honest review would be much appreciated. And that's it. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week with another awesome guest or an awesome episode. You'll have to wait and see. <laughs> All right. I'll speak to you soon. Thanks again. Cheers. Ladies and gentlemen, that will conclude this evening's entertainment. Thanks for listening. If you need help building your martial arts school, check out martialartsmedia.com.